supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Hey there, my name is Paul Barron. I'm the founder of I Am Donna. We are the restaurant chain on a mission to revolutionize the kebab. In 2016, we opened our first site in Leeds with massive ambitions to go global. But first, we needed a change. Being a chef, I've always been a bit skeptical about being pushed down the technological route. But what it's done for labor and customer service has completely changed the game for us. We partnered with Vita Mojo to introduce their all-in-one restaurant platform. We now take 100% of our orders digitally through kiosks, click and collect and delivery channels. We've waved goodbye to the manual processing of delivery orders as we now have all our delivery partners integrated through VitaMojo. We only need to do one menu push when updating menus across all platforms. Orders from all channels come into one screen in the kitchen making the operation faster and more efficient. The throughput is four times faster and we've seen a 35% increase in ATV. Our partnership with VitaMojo has transformed I am Donna. It's a massive part of our revolution. Find out more at vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. Hospitality event planners and venues, listen up. This is for you. Are you tired of hassle and inefficiency when it comes to event planning, especially around pre-ordering food and drinks? Let me introduce you to my friends at creventa.com, your digital solution to simplify and streamline all of your events. With Creventa, you can minimize admin time, maximize cost efficiency, and optimize all of your revenue streams. Customers are delighted with Creventa when they use it. A great example of that is the head of meeting and events at Malmaison and Hotel Duvan, who said, Creventa saves us days in planning and event execution. The new allergen function gives guests peace of mind. My team wouldn't be without it. Whether it's a party, corporate event, award ceremony or wedding, Creventa is here to make your life in events simpler. Say goodbye to wasted time, money, staffing costs and food waste. With Creventa, you can save up to 18% on food waste alone. Event planners and venues, don't let event planning be a headache. Visit creventa.com today and experience the future of seamless event management. So today I've got a real inspirational story for you, and that is with Barty Radix, who's the founder of Bloomsyard. Barty and I first met at a Peach 2020 event when she was on a fantastic panel all about diversity. I was really blown away with Barty and just some of the amazing, smart, insightful things that she was saying along with the other members of the panel. But what struck me the most really about Barty was instantly about her vision, her energy, her passion, her entrepreneurship and her drive. She really is someone super, super impressive and I would absolutely advise you to watch her like a hawk because she's going to go so far. 
We'll run through Barty's career on the podcast, but some of the highlights were working at 15 Restaurant, then working at Jamie Oliver's, the Coffee Smiths Collective, and then a few hop, skips and jumps after working with Charlie McVeigh at Draft House, to then leaving an incredibly secure job in finance where it's well paid, all right, it's stressful, it's maybe not that interesting to some, but it's super interesting to others, and then jumped headfirst from there into actually owning her own brand and her own venues and her own hospitality business. I really admire anyone that works in hospitality, owns a hospitality business, or has got the guts to leave it all behind and put all of their chips into starting a brand new startup hospitality brand. Barty did just that, and she came up with this fantastic concept called Bloom's Yard. It's all about coffee, wine, and the bar. Not only was that one of the biggest risks that you could possibly take, Barty decided to do it just as COVID was hitting. I think that was maybe bad timing, but then she doubled, tripled, quadrupled, and quintupled down during COVID and just thought, right, here's an opportunity. I'm just going to go for it. My heart would be in my mouth, but hats off to Barty. She's absolutely smashing it. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. I think you're going to be really inspired. And at the very least, you're going to want to visit Barty and the team at Bloomshard. So it gives me the most blooming marvellous pleasure ever to introduce my next guest, who is the amazing Barty Raddox, founder of Bloomshard. Hello. Hello. We're also joined in the room by someone else too. Yeah. Going to introduce your new recruit. My second person in head office ever. Ooh. We've got Roanne with us, and she is uh, our new Blooms Yard sales and events exec. Excellent. And she's been taking some snaps. Yeah. Before it all went wrong and the sound card didn't work <laughs> and the mic didn't work and all these things. So, yeah, so welcome to hospitality, or welcome to another hospitality business. Thank you. Yes, exciting. So yeah, we'll get you on soon. We can talk about social <laughs> and everything and all she's that been up stuff. to. Yeah, all the things that I've thrown at her already. Yeah, it's only been a week, hasn't it? But there's so much to do. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, God bless you. <laughs> um, we need to get you along as well. We're uh, we're doing a uh, boot camp soon. Propel uh, social media boot camp. So oh, it's a good place to yes, to go and idea. meet people. In fact, we did a TikTok session the other week. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Antler. Um, but interestingly, the feedback was that people couldn't afford a whole day out of the office. Oh. It's just everyone's Very under difficult. the cosh, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, you are. I thought you were going to say people <laughs> couldn't afford the ticket price. It was 199 like, basically. It was 199 was, That was all right, wasn't it? For a full day of TikTok yeah, strategy, so. like everything we know ever. That was all right. It's all right. That was all right. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so tight. Um, right, so W1, baby. Yes. Site number five. Yes, fifth opening. Mm-hmm. Fifth opening, Marble Arch. We opened last week, Wednesday. Um, we did the first 100 coffees for free, which went in the first hour, which was great. Because actually we opened on a day where it was train strikes and it was half term. Yeah. So we kind of thought, let's just start it slowly. And actually, <laughs> you know, the first hour, all the free coffees went. So Was it crazy? Like, there was a bit of buzz? Yes, we were busy. We were busy and it was a buzz and everyone wanted to come and get free coffee. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That's good though. No, That's super. Good. So yeah, really where, where exactly is it in Marble Arch? Literally like parallel street behind like 
Oxford Street Marble Arch. So it's Bryanston Street. Right. Um, on the same street, we got like a pret right on one corner. We got really. That doesn't two. narrow it down. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great location. Oh, for sure. We're very, we're very lucky to be there. Um, we're actually part of a building that is uh, that belongs to our landlord and, mm-hmm. and their HQ, which is British Land, mm-hmm. and they cut a door through so that we've got. So people from their office and the offices above, it, all in that block, yeah, can yeah. just walk through. Oh, that's cool. So, yes. Well, it was just so nice because obviously I knew we were doing this today. Mm. Um, but I just woke up and it was the first thing I saw on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, yes. And then <laughs> I hadn't realised it was like the day. Yeah. It was opening. Like, yeah. I thought it was, it's coming and da-da-da. And yeah. I was just like, oh, no, it's done. Crap, but you know, know, Mark, I don't mess about. I know, yeah, Like, know literally... <laughs> Give me the keys. I'm ready. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. Open as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you've got to. You know, there's a lot of folks yeah. sit on it for ages, don't they? And like, oh, it's, you know, seven months late. No, like, I'm like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Three weeks, four weeks max. Otherwise, I'm I'm upset. Yeah. Well, you, you know? we are boiling the kettle and just get the coffees out there anyway. Yeah. Even if it's I'm coffee like, machine. Just <laughs> serve some coffee however you can. Actually, I mean, this site, we, we actually opened without the wall that I wanted to be wallpapered. It wasn't uh, wallpapered. Oh, that's all right, though. That's not the end of it. It's fine. I went in yeah, on yeah. Sunday and did it myself. Yeah. Oh, you did? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Were you up home base or something? Were you uh, yeah. being cute? Yeah. <laughs> that is no joke. You don't want to know the stories, the story about my wallpapering, but basically, like, like, I got someone in, they walked away because they didn't want to do the job. Oh, no. Someone else came in, they did it, and I didn't like it, and I pulled it off the wall. And then I went and did it myself. What was wrong? Was it on the wonk? Or? Oh, my God. Like, I'm not a professional wallpaperer, but um, yeah. I know I how to detail. do it. Like, go from, start at one end and go around the room. Yeah. This guy started in the corner of one wall and the, didn't do, like, it was wrong. And he didn't match it and it was just yeah. wrong. And I could, I just, I was sitting there looking at it and I was like, I'm not going to be able to stand this. I can't, and I can't let it dry on the wall. So I had to pull it off. And what what is it? Is it fancy wallpaper? Is it like no? Or right, what is it? Is it what, what, is like, it got nice? What's on it? It's nice. Flamingos or what's like? Going on? No, it's like I don't know. It's like it's a nice pattern. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but like literally, I wouldn't have been able to keep it that. Like I would have hated it every day. So look, if you want the job done properly, like do it yourself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. It is. It's like that with so many things. I mean. You want to coach people, you want to bring people on, and sometimes you're just like, do you know what, I just do this. Yeah. It's, it's bad, though. It's bad. But no, but, like, good. in terms of, like, opening a shop and yeah, stuff, yeah, like, yeah. there's so many. Like, when I opened Regent's Place, like, even when I opened at the station, mm-hmm. at the tube station, like, I did so much of it myself, and I just broke yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking, like, cuts and bruises, and I was broken. Yeah. Like, yeah. my pure blood, sweat, and tears go into all of these shops, right? And on this one, I thought, okay, number five, now I'm going to pay for someone to do some of this stuff. And then and then that happened, and so I did it myself anyway. Goes wrong. There well, we go. You could have a wee side hustle, a wee wallpaper. I don't services. want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> could you see you in a wee van going around? That'd be great. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, just while we're on this subject, and I did say, A, far too many questions, B, mm. we won't go in a linear order, mm. And what I'm really interested in, and I think what people have been interested in, talk about number five. What went into the process of opening? So, you know, end to end, the idea, you getting notified about the site. Yeah. What happened? And, well, and how long? 
Well, actually, you know, like I've got a couple of sites with British Land now, so I've built that relationship and it's fantastic. They're so supportive and I can't be I can't be more, you know, thankful and more grateful um to Alice at British Land. Um, you know, I told her when she came in to Marble Arch on the first day, I said, You are the only reason we're here. Because she is the one that believed in me um before even Bloomshard was at anything. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you go back to She's April, the reason Bloom Yard Bloom's Yard is in, happening. Well, in started off in Liverpool Street. I had one yeah. site by that point, but you know, she really believed in yeah. what my vision and what it was going to be. So if you go back to like April or May 2020, first lockdown, Bloomshard becomes a thing. I built this website and um when I was building the website, obviously I've been a finance director, worked in the industry. I know what I need to do. So I knew I needed to put together a landlord pack if I was going to get anything. So, you know, like sometimes people don't even know what to do with that. Yeah. But like for me, that was like super easy. Putting all the pictures and words and everything together for the website. So let's put the landlord pack together at the same time. So I did that and then I pinged it out to all of my landlord contacts. I'm talking Shaftesbury, Soho, Crown Estates, British Land, like everyone. Because... I had contacts in all of those places. I've paid their rent. Yeah. Wherever I've been, I'm the one paying the rent. Yep. So, Alice from Bridgeland is the only one that came back to me. So, everyone else must have received it or whatever. Who knows? Why, why do you think that was? Do you think it was because of COVID being around? They were less receptive or non-risky? Um, I don't know. But I was an unknown right? Mm. Bloomshard wasn't anything. We didn't even have one site. I literally just put a website together yeah. and I was pinging this um, landlord pack out. So, you know, Alice kind of picked up the phone to me and she was like, oh, this is great. And she knew all the people that I work with, whether it's Toby, whether it's Charlie, you know, like uh, being at Jamie's and all yeah. of that. So that certainly helped my case. Yes. And even, like, my landlord pack, you know, I've got nothing to take a picture of yet uh -huh. at that point. And so it was made up of pictures from Pinterest and Google of everything that I thought Bloomchild would be like. But that's just entrepreneurialism right. happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, because what else was I going to do? So um, she was like, okay, well, what kind of thing are you looking at? Yeah, this is really interesting. And, and, and just really talked about, like, my background and what I'd done at other places. Mm -hmm. So that was, like, massive uh, in terms of her even coming to speak to me, I think. Yeah. Um, but she liked the concept, and it was the kind of thing that they're looking for. So it was, like, June 2020, and we went to go and see the site that is now Liverpool Street. Mm -hmm which is building sites. So we had to get PPE'd up and hard hats and everything. We walked around this building site. She was like, yeah, the counter will go here and we'll do this. And, all. and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I was like, I'll take it. And it was like, you know. So that all took a long time because it was yeah. still like being built and everything. And then in the meantime, before that opened, which then turned out to be May 21, I opened uh, the first one, which was at the shopping centre. So Liverpool Street... I was looking at it first, but it ended up being the second one. Right. So, just not going in linear again. So, a yeah. couple of things. What are all the sites now? So, you've got Liverpool Street, you've got yes. uh, Shopping Centre. Well, actually, the Shopping Centre I've just closed. Right. Which which Shopping Centre was that? Again? It was at Watford. Right. Oh, you've so. closed Watford. Right. Okay. Yes. 
Neeson just wasn't Hartman? Uh, no. You know, like, you talk about, like, site selection and all of that. I did a lot of that over the years, like, looking at, you know, what works and what doesn't. And actually, I got it wrong on this occasion, but that's all right. It's a learning. And um, I went Upper Mall, Central Mall, opposite Primark. So in the grand scheme of things, you're going to think that that's all right. But actually, for an unknown brand coffee shop, it's not okay. Uh, we had Starbucks downstairs, we had Costa downstairs, and that's where people were going to grab their coffee and go out. No one's coming upstairs to grab a quick coffee, and certainly not to a brand that they don't know. Doesn't matter if it's opposite Primark and there's lots of yeah, footfall, yeah, yeah. etc. So really, like we did have, we had a great kind of customer base, but then couldn't really grow, build on that. So I mean, we pretty much just broke even. And to be honest, for me, for Bloomsyard being a cafe wine bar, I wasn't able to operate in the hours that a wine bar needed. I was going to see it, yeah. Um, that wasn't the original idea necessarily, but, you know, I was just going in there because it was close to home for me. Yeah. It was easy in, in between these lockdowns and stuff. And so I thought, you know, let's let's go for it just to start and test the concept. I think it's a good show, you know, and, and funnily enough, a couple of things spring to mind. One, I was working with an uh, sort of American pizza thing that came over and, and, and didn't really go that well. But when I went to talk to him, they had a quite a lot of money from the backers and when I went to talk to them what was quite interesting was uh, I said about the market entry strategy and I was like are you going to do this or are you going to do this or and they were like, all of it yeah. and I'm like we're just going to learn you know yeah. um, and then interesting when you talk about your brand DNA I suppose you know what Bloomshire mm-hmm. is um, then yeah it's like with the shopping centre and I had so much experience with shopping centres but like Yo and Pret and things like that and it just does die off, doesn't it? At night, like, no one kind of goes, you know? Yeah, people are not going into shopping centres like they used to. No. Um, and there's so many other restrictions. And so, actually, in terms of operating it, it was causing me a headache, personally, yeah, 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 yeah. you know? Um, and it was a small one, because, yeah. you know, I didn't want to get too crazy for the first one. And so, you know, there wasn't really a manager there necessarily, and that was kind of me popping in and out. And all none of that really worked. But there's so many learnings from that, so... It's a positive. Ran it for two and a half years, just closed it about, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, moved everything from there into my large, pretty much. Okay. Well, so, that's an upgrade. That was, what yeah. What a fucking large. It's like yeah. quite the monopoly board. Um, so, yeah. so basically it was fifth opening, but it's now four sites. Yeah. So I've got 100 Liverpool Street, which is fab. Um, I've got the station, the tube station at Watford. Uh, which is going well. Uh, and then I've got Regent's Place, which is just near Warren Street Station, and now Marble Arch. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. And then in terms of the opening then, as I say, for, for Marble Arch, you know, you get the green light, mm. this is happening. Yeah. Where do you even start? Right. What goes through your mind? Yeah, so this is the thing. So it's a, it's another one with the same landlord. So, you know, we're kind of talking, like, what do you want to do next? You know, and actually, all of my landlords, even even back from um, before, but they're all saying, what do you, where do you want to go next? So that's really encouraging because they like the brand, they like what I'm doing, yeah. and they want me to take more sites. So, so that's fab. So let's see where that goes. Yeah. But... Um, so we'd been talking about it for a while and then and then we we're like, yeah, okay, we're going to do it. So then I get on site and I'm like, I'm measuring up. 
uh, most of the time I'm using um, a designer, interior designer. Um, although on this one I didn't. <laughs> so this one was a little bit different. Okay. Um, and I take the main concept and then I might do a few changes. So... Yes, I did a wallpapered wall, but it's not the same as the others. Yep. And uh, I slightly changed the lights on this one because I, I really liked these particular lights that are going to go across, yeah. you know. Um, and then I, I I just kind of like look at furniture and, and, and decide and then I just do it. <laughs> and, where, and where do you even start? Where do you go for furniture and where do you go for inspiration and all these things? Um, so there's some suppliers that we used to use... Um, uh, back like when I was at Draft House and stuff so just like look online and yeah. stuff I don't necessarily go to all the commercial ones either uh -huh. I mean that might hit me later in terms of quality of the product or whatever yeah. uh, but for now it looks great well, that, but then I think it gives you a certain individuality right because there's nothing worse than thinking about Jamie's for a sec when he and you had those uh, metal chairs the red ones I don't know even what style you call them, but they just became everywhere, right? You know, and then so you don't get any differentiation. And, yeah. you know, so I think by doing it that way, then, it, and as you say, there's a lot of soul in Bloomshard coming from you. Yeah. You know? And so, and, you know, like I have a kind of colour palette. Mm. Um, and, and like I might pick some chairs in this teal let's yeah, say yeah. and some chairs in this bottle green and then a couple of them might be a bit dusty pink or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um it kind of like comes together yeah um and they're just colors i like yeah well what else <laughs> you want what else you need i mean that's yeah. the thing and uh, and also your customer base is you isn't it yeah so then you get what they want yeah you know what bloomshard is just everything that i like yeah so Easy. I think that's quite good because there's so many brands I work for and with that the management is not the target. Mm, mm. So then, you know, they'll say as a 60-year-old gentleman, mm. oh, I think they want this. And you're like, but your target with is 25. What but do you wait, know about it? Yeah, you know? that is, it is me. But yeah. also, over the different Bloom's Yards, we have brought in a bit more from either side of that, yep. actually. Um, so, like at the shopping centre, we'd get maybe some of the older customers yeah. that would come and have their coffee and cake in the afternoon or really loved having the crumpets with a cup of tea, yeah. uh, like mid-morning and stuff. And um, so, yes, base customer is that, yeah. but it doesn't block out anybody else. You no, know? it's not alienating. Yeah, it's not all, yeah, all crazy and neon and whatever. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of the Bloomsyard brand itself... How would you describe that? What, what would you? What's the sort of thing you look to then? Is there a statement? Is there a yeah. statement about what it is? So yeah. tell us about that. We are an escape from the hustle and bustle. Mm -hmm. So you know where we talk about like where the name came from. So it's that. Kind I haven't of, heard that story yet. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> no, we so, did, but we had some errors here. <laughs> but we, you know, so Bloom's Yard. Um, I wanted, I wanted a name that that began with the letter B for my initial, um, came up with all these words. I really liked Bloom, but there were, you know, put that into Google and you get all sorts like pregnancy website, florist, a, a bar and, and all sorts. It, it was just too much. A so coffee term there. though, right? It is. Yeah. It is indeed. Uh, and that was part of it too. But, you know, I just, it, it was just too used as Bloom. So I was adding words to it and Bloom's Yard just really stuck because like the yard part of it 
was when I thought about that, I had this image of these old guys in this warm climate somewhere in a dusty old yard, like having a drink, playing cards, like super chilled and just enjoying life. And actually, that is what I wanted Bloomshire to be. Like, I've worked in all these different places. I've worked really hard. Got to this point in my in my life and I just want to, like, I want to chill and I wanted a relaxed environment. And actually, if you go onto our website, the first strap line is, it's an escape from the hustle and bustle. And that is what Bloomshire is. Yeah. And then... Developing that brand then is about the comfort, is about the environment, is about what you're serving, but also music play an important role in that? Yeah, so that background of like chilled, like, you know, we're not playing anything heavy in the background no there. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, music does, of course. It creates that ambience as well as like the decor and the planting and all of it, the wallpaper and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, the velvet cushions and that. But yeah. yeah, the music also plays a really important part in that. And how do you go about that? Have you got, is it you that looks after the creation or have you got someone on that? Or it's only me. Is it, it's, it's, your, it's your iPod. <laughs> yeah, it's my Apple Music and it's like, don't be playing any, like, you know, the other day I went in and I was like, oh my God, someone's playing something with swear words. What is Was what it is like Joe the Juice? Like, <laughs> Just like banging 80s hip hop. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Um, but yeah, so yes, it's me. It needs a bit of work, if I'm honest. But it's all, everything... At Bloomshire, just work in progress. Yeah, yeah. I think that's we're a good way so to think about it. We're still so new. Yeah. We are still so new. We're a baby. It doesn't really. feel like that. <laughs> I don't. You know, in a, in a great way, it feels yeah. super established, super quickly. Because we met. Uh, I, I saw you on a being inclusive panel uh, oh, at yeah. Peach. Oh, at Peach. Yeah, uh, that was ago. that was amazing. Was a great panel. Yeah. Um, well, did you want to talk about that? That was cool. Yeah, like um. I mean, I was on with um, Clement and Lucy and Lorraine, obviously. And um, I loved, you know, we were the change makers and we were talking about, like, what we, you know, what changes we're making, what we're doing, and that's the future. Yeah. And I love that. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And I absolutely loved you and, um, and Clem. Clem, yeah. yeah. Uh, just because you were so kind about hospitality rising. <laughs> and I was just like, I've got to go. So later on... I, don't smoke kids, but I was, I was smoking at the time. And um, I uh, I saw him later on and he asked for a cigarette. And mm. because he'd been so kind about it, I was like, take the packet, man. Like, it's just <laughs> brand new packet. I was like, just take it. And uh, oh, it was just, it was so great to hear about getting the youth in. And, you know, we were trying to be like so diverse in our advertising and yeah. just welcome everyone and things like that. So it was nice to get that, you know. But you know, I was back. like, that's, that's what I was saying to Rowan earlier. Like, you know, um, I want people to join Bloom's Yard. And to see a career path and not just that, oh, I'll just be a barista and I'll just do this for a bit and then I'll go on to do something else. Get a real job. Yeah. Mm. Like, I'm like, you know, you can make a career out of this. But, you know, like sometimes what we need to do is create that career path so that they can see how or what they need to do to get to there, to there, to there. Yeah. And, you know, follow that. Because otherwise they just see it as like, oh, I'll just make a bit of coffee and then I'll go and do something else or whatever. Yeah. And also, you know, we've seen a lot of that, which is like, you know, not all paths have to lead to being a GM as well. You know, it could be that you work in hospitality, but you work in another country, and that's perfectly fine. Or you work in social, like Rowanston, um, and and things like that. So, and, you know, I, I think we're not good at that. And also, see, for some people, 
you've just got superstars that work in the venue and they're happy with that. So how can we give them the status and reward and recognition to just stay doing that? But anyway, you know? but look at me, right? I'm, I'm in hospitality, but I started in, you know, in finance and yeah. stuff. And now I've gone, so i got kind of gone the other way. Like yeah. lots of times you find that like people like work... Um, in a bar or a pub and then, and then go into head office roles. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. gone the other way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that then in terms of your career then. So tell us how you started out and how all that happened sort of way back. <laughs> well, do you know, um, so the first hospitality role I had was with Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I went to the interview and I didn't even know who he was. Is this was this at fifteen? Yeah. Uh-huh. So two thousand and seven. Take your take yourself back to those days, um, where I think he'd probably done about one TV show. Okay. So A couple of books, mm-hmm. and fifteen had just you know fifteen was around. Not just started, but you know there was like this one restaurant. And you were going for what role? Senior management accountant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd done a little bit by then, you know. I'd worked in the music industry before that. Uh-huh. And um, that's where I met my husband. Ah, very cool. Still waxing music. So, ah. um, and then, you know, so I, and I love that kind of environment, that kind of culture, you know, it was very laid back. It's very cool. It was very, you know, fun. Um, but so I went, I went for this interview and just knew it was like a, a chef who was like doing quite well. Yeah. <laughs> chef on the deli. Yeah. I know. You're probably literally. not about to anything. And I, yeah, uh, exactly. Biggest I was like book that. sales apart from J.K. Rowling, but yeah. <laughs> but look, 2007, it yeah, was, yeah. it was, you know. It was a guy in a moped <laughs> that said pucker a lot. But know, then, yeah, so I got the job and then I, and then like, you know, there was just so much wow factor in what happened after. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was like learning about different ingredients and dishes and cooking and food and stuff and I was like oh my god this is like I just loved it I was like getting to you know our office was above 15 mm-hmm, that's right so yeah, I know exactly you know we was eating down there all the time it became Gary Vaynerchuk's office did yes you I know, think yeah, yeah Gary took it off him yeah I yeah. think I, mm-hmm. yeah but I yeah yeah, because I remember I, I went and I did a podcast with him okay. in it and I was okay. like god this was Jimmy's place and yeah. that dining room that we had downstairs mm-hmm. best tasting menu ever to date and Jamie cooked it or other no. people no so okay. we had exec chef Andrew Parkinson okay. back then he's still a friend of mine so he, I think he's at Balthazar now so Jamie's not now if you're saying he beat Jamie <laughs> no, <laughs> best food ever had was not Jamie <laughs> no, 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 but you know what I mean I do uh, he might not but I do yeah <laughs> Oh God! We're gonna have to edda, cut this. Edda, edda. No, no, cut this bit out. Um, this is gold. But, <laughs> no, but you know that tasting menu, absolutely fantastic. What was it? Oh, I can't remember uh, all yeah, the bits, just, but like you know, like seven courses or something, and just all amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All amazing. But you know, we used to just get to try stuff, and you know, it was like a whole nother world for me, learning about some like vegetables that I never heard of and stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So and then you know the whole piece about like healthy eating and stuff, like you know, it was um, you know I can't say that I was the healthiest eater before then. Uh, but I've changed my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He brought that to so many people. And, and, you know, and isn't that long ago, and I know it's terribly sexist and all these things, but he taught 
a lot of men how to cook. Mm. Like mm. single men, they kind of thought it was okay, yeah. you know, to be able to yeah. go and do it. And, you know, and that, that's something he hasn't really been totally recognised for, I don't think, mm. you know, in a lot of ways. Because he became kind of the celebrity and then he became, you know, the, the, the what was it, the Twizzlers and all that stuff. And then Jamie's Italian, unfortunately, that happened and things like that. But he's kind of on the way back now, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does next. So, yeah, I, so I, I got it. I, that's how I got into hospitality, mm. right? So, um, and just, I was there for five years. Absolutely loved it. I mm-hmm. mean, we did so much in that time. You know, if you think from 15, then Jamie's Italian, UK, Jamie's Italian International. So that's, I was really involved in that right from the beginning. And barbacoa. And recipes. Oh, yes, I was around well. when Recipes was there, but, you know, I wasn't really involved in that. It wasn't really the restaurant side. Yeah, yeah, it's more yeah, like cookery true, school true. and that. And um, even Union Jacks. Mm-hmm. If you remember that I one. do remember that. There was so, one there, the Google building, though. Um, I don't know. I kind of remember, like, I remember the bigger one that was at Covent Garden. I don't know. Was one at Piccadilly? Mm-hmm. Up the stairs? No, that was James Avenue. That was James oh, was Italian. it? Was it? Was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, or it might have been, and then it changed. I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Because then I remember, did Tesco not try and do something called Jacks? And then I thought there was going to be some trademark things. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> no there was idea. Like, yeah, yeah. There was some <laughs> no stuff. No idea. Going on. Yeah. But then I, so I left Jamie's after five years, and I think that was about 44 sites, something mm. like that, which was mainly like Jamie's Italian, right? UK and then uh, and then I went to after that I was like I'm not going to work in any other industry like my heart was set yeah. you know um, and then I got the job at Draft House so I was finance director at Draft House um, had like three stages of interviews oh, is it? Um, or something like that you know met Charlie yep so me and Charlie had an interview on Christmas Eve because um, it just slipped me in and I because and, they were at like final round with someone else oh, and then okay. I kind of came along and it's like okay let's interview then in between Christmas and New Year I interviewed with the ops director which was Richard at the time and then and then I and then obviously Luke Johnson was mm-hmm. the um, That's right. chairman and so I had to interview at his office as my th- kind of third and final round and then so and then got the job Great. So, yeah. Great brand. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and what, what so, did yeah. you find when you got to Draft House then? What was what was going on and what was the brand about and what was the, you know, the development, the culture, all that sort of stuff? So, I obviously, I joined as finance director and we, you know, we had a, a dwindling finance team <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and they're like, quick, get her in and just get her to do the stuff. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, I had a lot to do there. A lot to tidy up. Um, How many seats was it then when you came in? I think three. Right. And then we got to 16. Wow. Um, in about three and a half years. It was so that was like fantastic. buying. We bought Grand Union in that time. Uh-huh. And I think that gave us six. Yeah. And then um, and then we sold to Brewdog. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and how was that? Was that an interesting was, experience as well? Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Because yeah. because like when when it was agreed that this is gonna happen, they're like, right, now we need to do the deal in like eight weeks. And you know, we weren't even ready for sale at the time because we were not expecting it. We were still like like sorting stuff out and you know, it just kind of came along and we're like, why eight weeks? 
and they're like well because we've got the AGM in eight weeks and so we want to announce it then and um, you know like without being ready that means someone's got to put a data room together and someone's got to do all of the you know and and it wasn't going to be Charlie and it wasn't going to be Richard so it was me <laughs> yeah and at the time it was just we were just about to go on holiday to Barbados for my husband's 40th and I was like oh my god what's going to happen and there was a chance that I was not going to be able to go away so I just had to work like mad and I put this data room together in 48 hours and then went to Barbados well you did it <laughs> I did it oh yeah literally I just I, I just had to because I'll never get my husband's 40th back otherwise no no so I did it in why 48 hours why does it always hours. happen when I know some- Always, it's so you've got something in the diary. It's the yeah. one's birthday. It's whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, does it have to be today? You're like, <laughs> I know. You know, I know. What a nightmare. And then, but what, what do you have to think about when you're doing a, oh my you know, getting God. bought over? I, mean, I wouldn't even know. I where to mean, start. like it's mental. Like to do it in forty eight hours with like sixteen sites because. Basically, the data room is all of the information about all of the company. In totality, like Everything. employees and um, all the leases for properties and side letters and um, just agreements and supplier um, agreements and like all this paperwork and all this information you've got to put. So like, you know, if anyone is thinking about doing this ever, start your data room now. Yeah. <laughs> and don't give an eight week deadline. <laughs> it was pretty, go and ask, go and ask some of the old, some of the Brewdog team about that because seriously, like I had eight weeks to do it. Yeah, uh, well, to do the whole things, but like I, the data room because I needed to go to Barbados. So that's you know. crazy. <laughs> but you did it. I did. I uh, did. And then the does the draft the draft house brand still exist, right? Um, no, I don't. Not did, really. Did they? I think they just did they flip them. them all? Yeah. What about the one in Charlotte Street? Um, I think it's called something else. Now. Is it? Yeah, I loved that pub. I really, <laughs> really loved that. Tiny little thing, that. Yeah, loved it. I used to stay quite close to there a lot of time. But the, my favourite one, I went to see, I went to meet Charlie a couple of times, but we'd be doing some work and it never quite happened. Yeah. But we, uh, the Hammersmith one. Oh, yes, that, that really, was our head office, yeah. yeah. I loved that one. Yeah. And it was... It and was, the glass, the glass room at the side, yeah. It was a, a wee afternoon of day drinking in there yeah. was always lovely well Before yeah again, our or, office was up there upstairs yeah. there so yes was there most of the time yeah oh well I maybe I've went past you because mm-hmm. um, ah yeah I met Charlie a few times and then Charlie's been on the podcast I think he's still the longest running guest as in mm-hmm. time mm-hmm it was like two hours, I think. It was like, it's oh, like wow. a, long, a long chat. Oh, uh, well, no, I mean, I say wow, but that doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> it was great, though. Everything was gold. You know, you just kind of <laughs> introduced him and he was off. You know, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so. A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. So you got to Charlie and then what happened after that? Um, yeah, so then we like we did the deal and we sold and then like I, I stuck around with Brewdog for a little while. Oh, you did? 
Great. Uh, just to help integrate the two businesses. Um, Did you have to go to Ellen and stuff, or were you mainly down here? No, I was just down here, but then I was around for the AGM, wasn't I? So, ah. um, yeah, because at that point, like, Charlie left, and uh-huh. I think Richard left as well, so it was only me there uh, from that team of us. And um, we went to the AGM, mm-hmm. which was, like, literally couldn't believe it. Rock and roll. Um, it was, like, I think it was, like, 11 in the morning till 11 at night. <laughs> It was 12 hours of one hour of them up on stage talking like AGM stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think instead of calling it annual general meeting, I think it was called annual general mayhem. Yep. Yes. So um, it was bands up on stage and it was beer and it was food and it was like, it was great. Yeah. (laughs) Who played? Do you remember? I don't remember. Yeah. Because I always look out to see, because usually they're quite good at either getting a heritage band that you would have loved years ago. So when we're in Brewdog Waterloo right now, and if uh, when this opened, I came to the opening night, and the Future Heads played, and they played there, like in the stage outside the mm. podcast room, and it was fabulous. But and then when Las Vegas opened, I think we are scientists played, but they're quite good at you know being right on the money with yeah. you know whoever it is. But um, I think Biffy Clyro played one year, like, and they were a lot, you know, sort of not as famous, mm. you know, so it was quite a big deal. But um, no, they do, they do it really well. They do it really well. Yeah, so after that, so, and then I took a bit of time off. Because mm-hmm. it was, I think it was like June. So I just took the summer off. Great. And I spent the summer getting some exercise, mm-hmm. spending time with the kids, went on a few holidays. Yes, more Bobby Ross. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we went to Dominican. Uh-huh. And we took the kids to Euro Disney. Brilliant. And yeah, just had a great summer. And it was a hot summer. It was like 2008. It was, um, no, wait, not 2008. 2018. Uh-huh. Yes, that's what I mean. Um, and just, you know, had a great time. And then I was like, okay, I need to work again. Yep. Bills so, need to be paid. That's it. Um, and did a few little bits here and there. Went back to Jamie's for a little bit. Helped out. Oh, you did? I just, yeah, just because they'd hired a CFO um, and they needed someone just to come in between until she'd finished her um, notice period. So I built them a cash flow model and and, and just handed that over. So that's fine. And um, and then I went to, I did a, a, a small stint at Petersham Nurseries. Oh, yeah. Which was okay. It's a nice brand and looks lovely. Lovely seats. We only got two still. Yeah, so yeah. the one in Richmond is owned by the parents because um, that's like where the family home and that's where they started. And then there's this one in Covent Garden. Um, so I just did that for a bit. And then I went um, to a coffee company um, and just stayed there for about 11 months. Mm-hmm. And um, and then just decided it wasn't quite right for me. So left that job at the end of Feb, not knowing what was coming. But... The coffee company, though, was that where you sort of fell in love with the idea of coffee and sort of... No, 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 no. I've drank coffee since I was, like, seven years old. Okay. (laughs) Adrenaline junkie. Well, I mean, nobody... I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. like this with everyone, Mm -hmm. but back then, my mum drank coffee, so I drank coffee. As in instant or good stuff? Yeah, no instant. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Did everyone do that? Well, I was kind of lucky. My dad worked on boats, uh, fixing the engines, and he would fly all over the world and whatever, but, you know, he was hanging upside the engine room, you know, for 12 hours a day or whatever. And anyway, 
but he got to go to places like Brazil and he would come back with coffee from Brazil and we were like, you know, we were kids. And the most exciting thing about it was they were vacuum packed. So when you stabbed the packet, <laughs> it went, you know. And then, so I got in coffee quite early, I think. I didn't really appreciate it as much until... No, I and I mean, you know, back then things. it was like milk and two sugars and kind of thing, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but, you know, I, I would quite got, you know, used to my coffee in the morning yeah, yeah. every single day um, and couldn't do without it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also love coffee chocolate and I love like coffee ice cream. Oh my God. Oh, coffee and things. Like, you know, coffee ice cream with chocolate chips yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's quite an odd thing for a kid. Yes, I guess so. But I don't know, I liked it. So um, I've, lo- I've loved coffee yeah. um, forever. Yeah. Actually. That's a good thing then. Yeah. And then you but now it's a black Americano, you know? Yep. Zero calories. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. And then you sort of smashed it together for the concept then, right? In terms yeah, so of the then, you know, experience. like kind of um, left there and I wasn't necessarily leaving there to start my own business. Mm. It wasn't It wasn't the plan. I mean, always in my head, I've always been like, oh my God, imagine if I, had, if I had my own and it would change from time to time. Bar, restaurant, pub, nightclub, like, you know, all of those kind of things. But that was never, I never thought that would actually ever happen. It was always like, oh, wouldn't it be great? But I never actually do that. I didn't think there was like money to be made actually in it. That's the bit that holds me back, you know, because I get asked quite a lot, because I guess I'm a coach, not a player, if that makes sense, where I'll go, well, market, you should do this, but then there's zero risk in it for me. In a way, mm-hmm. you know, if it doesn't work, I'm sure I'll get a punch in the mouth or whatever. But yeah. you know, I'll get you know bankrupt. But you know, you do sit and you go, it's a hell of a risk, isn't it? You know, in yeah. terms of all the capital, all the thing, and working in finance, I hear finance people are paid quite well. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah. to give that all up to then be thinking I mean, about margin and you've got to sell a thousand cups of coffee to make any money, blah 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 blah. It's like, oh my I God. mean, that is the thing. To give up my like full time job, um, I was paid well. Like mm-hmm. I'm not messing about. I, you know, I I worked hard and I got paid for it. Um, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, thought, like, I think I think when we spoke at the piano works that night, oh, yeah. you know, we had a nice chat and yeah, I think you said something like, I, "You just weren't fulfilled." You know, yeah. you weren't. Like I'd done, I I I'd climbed that ladder really yeah. quickly. In terms of my career, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd done some transactions. I'd um, sat in some really tough board meetings. Um, you know. Luke Johnson I, would be the toughest board meeting I'd imagine. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, like, and people know that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you mentioned Luke. Yeah. And everyone's like, ooh. Well, he's just got a, a reputation yeah. for, for success, but, you know, by he'll ask the right questions and he'll, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll structure the thing in the right way and, I mean, that's just what winners do, you know, but yeah. it's hard. It was super tough to, you know. and look at me, I was like the youngest one in the room, like, you know, a boardroom of, I don't know, maybe there was eight of us which included like, you know, um, so so Luke and, and, and Joe from his office and Mark Sainsbury and, um, you know, Charlie and, and Neville Abraham, who'd done it, you know, um, wine bars in the 80s and yeah, all yeah, of yeah. that. And I think something, I can't quite remember. 
But, um, you know, I was the youngest female one of colour mm. Which, in that room. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, like nobody really knows what it takes for somebody to sit in that room and be grilled and uh, just talk, yeah. actually. Um, and I didn't know what was wrong with me at the time, but I suffered badly from anxiety of going to those meetings. I, like, it'd be board meeting day, and uh, I'd get on the train, and I'd have to get off because I was feeling sick. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was like, oh, what, why have I got tummy ache today? And I was like, just, you know, it sounds obvious. Yeah, but, well, um, I don't know. You don't really know it until you look back on it and you realise, yeah. like, what was what were you putting yourself through? Yeah. And it, and it wasn't now. I mean, we're all more educated about it now, too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yes. Um, but back then, and and it's the wrong thing to do, but it's a natural thing to do, which is you blame yourself. Mm. Why am I feeling like this? Well, yes. actually, there's and some it external was, it factors. And it was pure anxiety yeah. of going into that boardroom and, you know, like... You know, I was asked a question. I didn't know the answer. It was like, oh, oh my God, can I get back to you on that? Well, no, you should know that. Like, you know, it was yeah. tough. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah. But, I mean, I did. Uh, I, everyone used to say to me that if Luke didn't like you, you'd be out within a month. <laughs> and yeah. I did last three and a half years. So yeah. I no, I, and, and, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, I've had a lot of bosses like that, you know, through the years, especially in hospitality. And, you're right. I mean, the ang- I'm I'm kind of highly strong anyway, so the anxiety is huge in me. You know, I, I have it so bad, and I think with them, I suppose it's it's a generational thing as well that they are just saying next time know this. Mm. I suppose, and I can a kind support away, I guess, and but you will do it for the next time. But sometimes yeah. it'd be so like you'd be so nervous or whatever about mm. it that. Like my mind would go blank, and um, and whether I knew it a hundred times over, yeah. I wouldn't be able to say it. it. You get that paralysis thing, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, I was talking about it to a friend the other day, and I played football for the school, and I remember the parents in the sideline, and when I get the ball, this mum shouting at me, you know, I'd or the coach, whatever, I'd just get paralysis. Mm. I just mm. wouldn't know what. And, and naturally, if I just played in the park, I'd have pinged it quite nice, and that. But you just get, oh, and, and but, yeah, so you question I yourself. Known, I may have known the answer, and I may have been right, but I may not have said it. Is, <laughs> you is know? it imposter syndrome? I don't know. But isn't that like when, I don't know, maybe. So just going back then, so not only have you got to go in as a finance director and know your shit, let's take all the other stuff out of the equation for a second. That's one thing. On top of that, young. Yeah. On top of that, female. Yeah. On top of that, person of colour. Yeah. I mean... Talk about that, if you can. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so by far the youngest in the room. By far. And, um... I don't know. I mean, sometimes we talk about, like, being part of Be Inclusive Hospitality and stuff. Talk about people of colour being able to be in those kind of roles. And so I speak about, actually, that I'm a bit of an outlier in that because I have had that role. Mm -hmm. How did I get there? Well... You know, some people believed in me, thankfully, yeah. Yeah. you know, and Charlie brought me in and he took me there and um, I just had to perform, you know, and but it was scary. And I was I was probably way out of my depth <laughs> and but just I was absolutely deter- determined and I just wanted I wanted 
to be the good, great, fantastic FD. Yeah. You know? So I knew I had to be in that boardroom because that was a powerful boardroom, mm -hmm. right? With those people around the table. And I, um, so I just, even if it made me sick or mm -hmm. whatever, I just had to do it. Were you able to talk to anyone about feeling anxious or did you just cover it up? And... Never. Uh, I mean, I think in terms of that then, what gave you the inner drive to want it and do it though? Would it not oh have been God, easier to just I'm give just, up? I'm totally determined and ambitious and I just have to do it. Yeah. Like, I want I want the best everything. Yeah. Actually. What does that mean? What, best cars? And I mean... Barbados's? And yeah, Barbados? all those the things. The best blinds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, yes. I mean, it doesn't mean that I have it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, it. Uh, well, that's how you... And, well, when... When will you feel like you've made it, then? I don't know. I feel pretty good about my career and stuff. And, yeah. like, you know, I don't... You know, I feel like, you know, I climb that ladder in the finance side of things. Mm -hmm. But I won't say that I was, like, the best FD or the best CFO, but I did I did work for some great brands yeah, and I did do right. some great things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... um. And now, I, and now I'm doing this and I'm growing my brand and when, I think it's going to be when those sites are all making money and coasting along. Yeah. Because you know? I just want, like, I, I only asked it because it just reminded me of something. There was an interview with Ogilvy, who was the big ad guru guy, he was a Scottish guy, mm. and he was sort of what Mad Men was based on. And he got asked, when did you feel you've made it? And he said, five years ago. And he was 85. Mm. He was done. He was retired. Wow. And yeah. But then, is that not what the inner drive is, though? Like, you'll almost never be satisfied. No, I don't. I, I think I will be. At a point. Yes. I, I don't think I'm, like, super far off that. No? I don't think I am. It's but been quick. Yeah, it has been quick. So, um, yeah, so I was just thinking about um, the... Bloomsyard concept then in terms of just talking about it because I don't think we've talked about it mm. enough and you yeah. know everything that happens and the day parts and mm. the customers and the products and yeah. wine selection and all these things oh so I mean like I said before like Bloomsyard is all the things I love so right mm. I would go as a customer I would go to Bloomsyard in the morning for my coffee my speciality coffee mm -hmm. and my pastry like my croissant or something something for breakfast but you can get avocado on, on sourdough and stuff like that yeah, yeah. as well um, you could come back for your lunch so sandwiches salads etc all freshly made on site mm -hmm. toasted focaccia with salami mozzarella sun dried tomatoes so yum and the body um, language is really good by the way I'm not seeing you like really into it yeah, yeah. and um, you could go back for a cup of tea and a slice of cake in the afternoon and you could go back again for a glass of wine and some picky things and yeah. picky things is the way I love to eat yeah. right cured meats cheeses crackers olives yeah, artichokes yeah. like all of that yeah yeah so good so you can like pretty much just spend your whole day there and what about suppliers then so where does the coffee come from and all that sort of stuff so obviously we started off in COVID when um you know, couldn't really go anywhere and try anything and whatever. And so actually what I was doing, in order to choose all the suppliers, I was getting them all to send me stuff at home. Ah, 
which is great. We just had like loads. Yeah, we were just like (laughs) eating and drinking all the time. Christmas day every day. Yeah, like literally. Um, And I was doing tastings on Zoom. So the way we did it was they just sent like the wine supplier sent me like this many bottles of wine to my house, and we just get on Zoom, and we would do the tasting over Zoom. And the same with the coffee. And the same with the tea. Yeah. Literally. And I did it with a few different suppliers. And actually, I chose the partners for the main things, tea, coffee, wine. Mm-hmm. I chose them all based not only on the taste of what I was what I was trying and the quality of the product, but also the team behind them. So the people that I was talking to, conversing with, having Zoom calls and all of that. But, you know, like... and. What they were telling me about their brand and their brand values and did they care about the environment and sustainability and all of that kind of stuff and 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 where it really matched with me, that's that's where we went. So I'm assembly for coffee, bird and blend from ah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for tea. Uh, I love the whole tea mixology thing. It's fab. Yeah. And then um, you know, Boutino is my supplier for wine, so I have a great relationship with with the guys over there and they help me pick what I think is a, is a great but short list yeah. of wines. Yeah, greatest hits. And is it from any particular country or is it a mix? It's a real mix. Yeah, yeah. It's a real mix, but they're all vegan, oh, actually. It? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't drink them if you're not vegan. Yeah. Sometimes people salami, people like, oh, vegan wine. Oh, what's that? Oh, well, you get a bit funny. You know, yeah. But actually, you know, they're probably drinking vegan wine now, but no one ever told them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And assemb- are assembly... The, uh, Brixton. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the logo in my mind, yeah, yeah. I spoke to them, like, you know, had meetings, their MD, their founders, and all of that before I made my decision. And they were so supportive and loved what I was doing and have just been ever so supportive since. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, they are. They're really good. And what about the marketing of Bloomsyard then? Obviously, <laughs> but what do you do... What have you done? What's worked? What's not worked? I mean, that? like, you know, that is not my bag. Uh-huh. I mean, I do try to do everything, but yeah. that's the bit that I need the help <laughs> on, right? And like, so sometimes... Where was my phone call? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, like, and the people are like, what, what What? do you do? What? Do you, I'm like, um, I don't know, post on social media? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like do, do a post a week if I can, yep. if I remember, yeah, yeah. if I have time. Yeah. Um, and so, no, not very much. Mm. And so really just the strength of the experience, the products, people having a good time, word of mouth, it's kind of built in that way? Yes. So, so far, but it's not enough. Mm. And hence. Yeah. <laughs> have a, yeah. Have a new new recruit to the head office team. So, you know, all this time, it's just been me. Yeah. Uh, and now there's somebody else in head office. That's exciting. Oh and, my God. and well, the good news is with you, at least you've got one brand, thankfully. So mm. I work for a few people, and I have worked for a few people, that they've got all different brands. And like, Ron, you would have had this at Metropolitan Pubs, mm. right? Where the different names and da da da. 
And it's really difficult when you're a small business, let's say, and you've got five different name places and you're trying yeah. to do all that. And, you know, it can get yeah. really hard. So at least having one Yes, they're all called brand. Blooms Yard. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, I did go... Apart from the wallpaper's a bit different in one. Well, that's the thing, a bit of lighting. <laughs> but um, I did have, like, an Instagram for each site and uh-huh. then it was, like, crazy. So, like, not very long, like, I don't know, like three months ago or something, I merged them all. Um, because it was like it's getting too mad yeah. but I guess at the time I was like oh yeah this will be the site and I'll have another site yeah. I didn't really think that it, we were going to go that quickly or whatever yeah, 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 and yeah. so and then it was like oh this is way too much for me to manage so I just like squished it all together again yeah no it's hard and the hard thing with organic social as well is like the numbers are go down so yeah. you know the open you're not the open rate but the viewing rate is yeah. less and Things like that. So it's just pulling all those levers. You know, there's a lot of offline stuff as well online. So yeah, it's um, it's not easy. It's a, and it's a lot of work. And you know, but then the thing is, you're at a nice size that you can be super entrepreneurial. You're still seen as independent mm. in, in that way. You know, you're not too big yet where yeah. people get funny and then don't give you wee bargains or wee favours now and again. <laughs> so there's all that sort of stuff and you've got a lot to play with, or, yeah. you know, because you've got all your day parts, which no, is like totally. super interesting. No, and there's so, there's so much more we can be doing. Yeah. Um, and now you know we might have the chance yeah. you know to do some of that but you know there's a lot of there's a lot to organise now because we've been doing all of this and it's all like been like a bit here and a bit there and it's all like right let's see where we're at let's organise this and then let's make a plan yeah. to go forward so you know that that's what we're working on now and I think you know with um, with these sites now in London mm. you know this is a really great base now and a, and a place to kind of you know kind of catch up i suppose and then just go back to diversity and also um equality just for a second what can we do what more can we do as an industry to make sure that we don't have this this situation for a long time to come well i think i think there's a few different things because you know we have to be seen as an industry that that is is something good to get into you know like you know when I was growing up like my parents would probably hope that I'd be like a doctor or a lawyer or like some profession isn't it so um you know we've got to kind of get out there and just say you know this is who we are and this is what we do and 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 the people and the passion that we've talked about before um that make up hospitality and, uh, and the want to be part of that you know, and how great that is compared to perhaps sitting in an office that might not be as exciting. And, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to say bad of other industries or stuff, Ooh. but, you know, I do love this industry. And so I'm going to be like yeah. picking it up. But, um, and I do think um, there's work to be done on that career path that I talked about because, you know, at this point, if you come in as a barista, Um, and you might want to progress into like an assistant manager a manager maybe go into a head office role how does that barista today know what they have to do to get there and how and that it's even a possibility and what they could earn yeah actually you know the numbers behind that yeah um are they going to be able to survive off that do people survive off that you know like how does that work and i think it's more about drawing that out yeah well, do you know, funnily enough, you've you've hit the nail on the head and in a couple of weeks' time we're having the strategy session, third, I think, strategy session, 
about hospitality rising in here, so in one of the rooms next door. And that's, I think, what the next level is going to be, or the next campaign is a lot more on, did you know you can earn this? Because some of the numbers aren't shabby at all. And I was seeing numbers out of Scotland on Kitchen Porter and uh, a bar person. And it was decent. It was, yeah. you know, 30s and 40s and, and all that. And you're going, Oof, not too shabby. Well, think about, no. like, um, during COVID and stuff, and they were looking for, like, lorry drivers and all of that. And then suddenly there was all this chat about, like, oh, my God, did you know you could earn this yeah. much money yeah. as a as a, as a a driver, courier, something like yeah. that? Um why don't we have the same? You know? yeah. Well, I think that's the next level. So I think the consideration train has started. And then I think the, the, the next thing is we need to get into that. And I think when we did Hospitality Rising, one of the ideas was, you know, basing it on Army Be The Best and all that. But the mo- one of the most powerful things of Army Be The Best was, did you know you could be the missile scientist that works out of right. Barbados? Yeah. Um, <laughs> on an aircraft carrier or whatever, you know, and it was like, what? So I think, I mean, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, but yeah. I think we've got so much more to go on that, but it'll be really exciting. And then in terms of the next generation coming through of female leaders mm. and, you know, just more females in general and getting more females to the boardroom where it's the other way around, where, you know, I'm sitting on my Todd, you know, as the, the minority <laughs> being Scottish and a bit ginger. Um, you know, how does that work? And then how can we make sure that we do have a lot more diversity in terms of, you know, a a range of, you know, people and backgrounds and colour and sexuality and all these things. Well, you know, I think things like this, like whether it's podcasts, speaking up on stage, like doing interviews, any of that kind of stuff, because actually you tell your story and somebody in the crowd, and I've I've had it a few times, I'm thankful to say, you know, like that they'll come up to me after and, and be like, Oh my god, I I want to do that. Like, You're from Watford. <laughs> <laughs> Even I can make it. <laughs> hey, I moved to Watford. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I you know that they'll come to me and they'll just be like, "Wow, you've done this." Like they they might feel that I'm an inspiration for them to go and sure. do. You know, like it gives people a kick to say, "Actually, maybe I could do that." Yeah. In fact, I'm going to go and try and do that. And those kind of stories and that storytelling of real life stuff, yeah. um, I think should should do the trick. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, and then I'm just thinking, I was just thinking about your time, actually. <laughs> so there was a couple of things I wanted to ask, and then we'll get into the fun questions. Um, I know what the, base, the best tasting you ever had has is for a question. <laughs> um, but in terms of... Um, what's next then for you what is it you're thinking about what's the plan because I know you've got a plan I do have a plan yeah of course you've got a plan you know what I wrote in that red book Mm -hmm. that red book where I where I started the whole idea of Bloom's Yard but um, I wrote because the finance person is always going to like draw something out so I put two sites a year every year for five years that was my plan because I wasn't, I'm I'm not thinking like, oh my God, I want hundreds of sites and I want to go international and, you know, that's not really, you know, I, this is like my, Bloom's Yard is like my passion project, you know, it's not like, it's not like, oh my God, I need to do all these things. So, um, you know, 
Ten would be nice. Nine's my favourite number, so nine might be good. Might be that. Know. Yeah, like nine's my most favourite number ever. Why? I don't know. Well, I was born on the ninth. Okay. Of the ninth. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that works. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what would that then be after nine? It's a exit. It's a don't know. Let's see. Let's see. It's what? a let's see for now. I mean, you know, I know, I know what I need to do to. To do that, I've done an exit and I've done a, you know, yeah, yeah. but um, I don't know. Yeah, that's exciting. It's really yeah. exciting. I don't want to say, like, yes, I'm definitely going to sell at that point or yeah. whatever. Because actually, I might just, like, let it chug along at nine. I like nine. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good number. Well, I, you know, I've already done my favourite number's five, so you'd have done it already. But I don't know. Do you, like, do you count it as five sites or five openings? I don't know. Because if you close one, does it count? Well, I've worked for a few bosses that had very good interchangeable stories about the org chart, Mm. about why something opened up. And then somebody just never mentioned. But they gave the big number and you never checked. So it was kind of, you know, so I think it's kind of, you gloss over it. Yeah. But I don't think there's any shame in closing a site nowadays. I think years ago it was like, oh my God, you know. But now, COVID, food prices, things just don't work. It's a mature response to go, do you I know mean, what? It was quite, it, it, like, the decision to close the first one, yeah. the baby, um, it was quite difficult, but I knew I had to do it, and I'm absolutely sure I did the right thing. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure of it, that it wasn't quite right for us. And it's a learning and all of that, but it's not easy to close a site. Like when we did announce that we were closing, the number of messages, and I'm talking 50 to 60 messages on my personal, on my Instagram, that just said, I can't believe you're closing. I love your bake well. Oh, your coffee. Like, you know, all of those kind of things. And um, is this permanent? And, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I I just, I felt it, you know. Um, But it wasn't right. go to the station, right? Yes, and it's close by, so, yeah. Um, And then what about hospitality? What are you seeing as a hospitality owner, the industry, next 12 months? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, I don't like that question. Okay. (laughs) But it's (laughs) it's just like, like, oh, my God. I mean, so many things have happened to us lately you just don't like all these things that have come in the way are like train strikes and like even before that like when we're talking about covid and then we're talking about like all the supply stuff and just all the staffing issues and like i just don't even know what to say (laughs) well if it gives you any good news I, i did a podcast with kate nichols the other week and kate was really positive actually and she was like look she thinks that all the costs and all these things they are going to slow, you know. They're not. Nothing's just, going to get super like reversed. Those train strike strikes, though. I mean, seriously. it's horrendous. Oh Never seen God. anything like it. Um, yeah. I mean, I I basically don't come to London anymore because yeah. of it. It's, it's so bad. I don't know when that will. Super get harsh sorted. on us. Yeah. Yeah. It's really difficult for city centres. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely difficult. But I, I'm just such. I mean, it's my job, I suppose. But I'm just such a believer in brand, you know, and like strong brands, and they'll just endure and they'll get there, you know. And actually, there's a few brands that frankly don't deserve to be around. Mm. 
you know, they don't care about the customer. It is about a spreadsheet. It is about... And, and you, know, you know, more than ever, I found that, you know, like, I am, I'm that person that's running around going... At, and I learned it off Charlie, mm. actually. You know, like, I spent a lot of time going around and researching places and get, you know, I just followed him around. Yeah, 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 great. Yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah, time. I yeah. learned so much from Charlie. Oh, he's brilliant. Um, and I do that now and I, I walk into some places and I'm just like, this feels sad. Yeah. You know, where's that, where's that hospitality passion and yeah. stuff that we're all talking about and all yeah. of that? In some of these places, it's lacking. Yeah. And there's, well, there's no, and do you know my, my client up in Scotland, Kenny at Buzzwatch, he talks about it all the time, that, there has to be soul in the walls. Mm. And this is exactly mm. what you were saying, your blood, sweat and tears is in mm. these places and that's the same equivalent. Yep. And actually for every site that you open, a little bit, it'll have taken a little bit of you away. Not mm. that you want to be eroded away to nothing, but you there'll be a little bit of you in each of them. Absolutely. You know? But for some of the places they're not. And I'll give you an example. So the other day, um, down in Portsmouth, we one's birthday and we're going around. And basically the idea was we'll have a starter in one place, a main in another, and we'll do the dessert, okay. right? Got to Pizza Express for the dessert, and the guy goes, no. Oh. What? And he goes, no, you have to have a main. Oh. What? And he goes, oh, it's our policy. That's not your policy. So anyway, it isn't our policy at all. Yeah. So, and then we went to ZZ, same thing. Oh, no. And subsequently found out as well. That's not their policy. So, yeah, you're just like... Did you get dessert in the end? I mean... Uh, Lint store had an amazing cafe. <laughs> wow, okay. All so right. not even someone you'd class as, yes. you know, hospitality. No, I do like a Lindor. Yeah. Oh, you're phenomenal. <laughs> so there was that, and then Caluccio's were equally brilliant at the okay. other stuff. You're just like, w- would you turn someone away? No. Like, Literally. And I spend my life trying to Whatever make places busy. And I'm what? like, you're killing me here. Whatever the customer wants. Yeah. You know, yeah. the answer is yes. What's the question? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, you know? and it 100%. wasn't even busy. You know, anywho, right? Some fun stuff then. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite city to eat in? Well, I've got an idea about it, but I've never been there. But I think it would be oh, my favorite. This is interesting. <laughs> We're back to off menu podcast. The, the dream, the dream restaurant. No, because yeah. right, like you know, I said to you, like mm. my favorite way to eat is like picky like things. It, so I feel like Italy is going to be like somewhere like you know uh, yeah but I've never been to Italy ever no or well I mean I've not been massively I've been to Rome twice I mean I've been to a lot of places yeah but not no you got to, where's in your mind's eye is that kind of Amalfi Coast thing totally is it? yeah all of that well, you like, have to come down I've just started working with Tuto in Brighton and you have to come in fact this weekend we're having a uh, Sunday shearing uh, VIP night to test it all mm. and basically it's going to be like an Italian roast Yeah. so you'll get like deep fried lasagna I just lasagna feel like I would I think mental. I would just eat all the time if I went there but, it's okay you know, but yeah I, I'm. it's on my list just don't move there because then if you eat all the time <laughs> and move there you'll just be like housebound or yeah. something you know but you know yeah I mean I weeks. love all that char-grilled Auntie, artichokes marinated pasty oh kind of yeah, thing yeah yeah totally bit of wine going on definitely all that Nice. Is that even a question? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, favourite hotel? Why? Oh, I've been I've been to some amazing hotels. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I've been lucky enough. Um, but best in terms of like overall vibe and what's totally me, Oberoi 
the Oberoi at Mauritius. Nice. That was our honeymoon. Well, one of our we stayed in two different hotels Great. for honeymoon. So that was one. Why was it so good? It was just like you walk around and you just feel like you're in somewhere. Like it was so peaceful. Like these Buddhas lit up and oh, yeah. like all this like. I don't know. It was just so like the weather and the all the decor and the gardens and just like everything, Perfect. or the service and like you know you walk past someone they're like another stay oh, like nice. that you know like they're just it's all super chilled, yeah, yeah, yeah. super beautiful, fantastic service, fantastic food, drink, all of it. Nice. Apart from your own favorite coffee shop. Oh no, I can't say any but Bloom's Come Yard. On. No. Not, not none other in the world. <laughs> Before Bloomsyard existed, then what, what, what was your favourite coffee shop? Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not saying any other. Okay. Bloomsyard all the way. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to just edit in a AI voice to see. <laughs> um, and then favourite bar pub. Um, what of all time ever? Oh, well, yeah. All right. What's so I used to um, when I was living in Leicester, mm-hmm. there used to be this place called Fat Cats. Okay. It might still be there. I don't know, but right in the town centre, and I used to just love going there because they did this Rasmopolitan. Oh. Cosmopolitan with raspberry, and they used to like burn the orange and then put it around the rim and then like chuck it in. Nice. And, like, oh, it was so great, and it was my favourite drink to have all the time, and it was just like. Yeah, I just loved going there. Nice. Are you got one now, like more local to you, or, or in London that you love? No. Are you just um, working all the time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I've got no time to go anywhere. Yeah. No, I like to try like lots of different places. So there's not like one place that I yeah, go to yeah, all the time yeah. here. Cool. Favorite restaurant? So I used to go when I was when I first met my husband. We used to work in Golden Square. Oh yeah. And um, we used to go to eat at Ping Pong at Great Marble Street. Yes. And that place is really, like, it's quite dark. Yeah. And, but I love dim sum and the flowering teas and all of that and I would just go back there anytime. Yeah. I it, love it. It was so exciting. I remember when like, Royal Festival Hall opened and, mm. you know, we'd opened a yo next to it and I was like, gosh, Ping Pong's pretty decent. You know, it's going to be hard to sort of drag people up kind of thing but, well uh, Tim yeah. Tim the FD there is a really good friend of mine uh, so I go and eat there all the time uh, money off he's usually treating me what are we talking <laughs> about he, I'm like Tim are we meeting up let's go for lunch uh, yeah, so I, it's done. always on him nicely done okay <laughs> well the last thing then before I let you go and love you and leave you is just any words of inspiration for people that want to get into hospitality what would you say to them um yeah, I mean, as long as you're you're there with a with a warm welcome and and all of that, and and you know that you're you you know you've really got to be a people person to be in hospitality, um, and if that's what you want, then just go for it because like it's what brings me joy, right? Mm-hmm. This is my this is my passion, and this is what I do. And like people ask me, like, do I ever regret, you know, like um, leaving that kind of full-time head office kind of job and all of that. Um, Sometimes it stings because I'm not getting that salary and all of that. But apart from that, no, not at all. This is super. Thanks so much. It's been so great to spend time with you and Rowan as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So thank you for coming in and I can't wait to get this live and for everyone to hear it. Thank Thank you. you.
done. That's a wrap. So there we go. Barty Radix, everyone. Founder of Bloomsyard. What an incredible, inspiring human being Barty is. I hope you enjoyed that chat as much as I did. It's just really inspiring to see people that rise to the top, give it all up and jump into something that their heart desired. And it's the old phrase, if you do something you love, you won't work a day in your life. I really wish Barty and the Bloomsyard team well, and I can't wait to see where they go in the future. If you want to get in touch with Barty or the Bloomsyard team, I'll put some contact details in the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks and tales that will make your brand boom. Boom.